I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my creative healing course is filled with hours of exclusive content. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And today we're gonna to be talking about how we control others. So what happens in a relationship if we aren't present with our, our partners and we're anxious? It causes us to overcompensate. And that makes us do a lot of things with our emotional connection that makes the other person feel uncomfortable, right? Right. So today we're gonna to be looking at some of those areas that we do this maybe unconsciously or maybe you grew up seeing your parents do it, but you have to be aware of these things, otherwise you can't correct it and be healthier in your relationships. Okay. So Coach Victoria has some research today on this and we're gonna be talking about it to show you guys areas you actually want to improve when your ex does come back around again or you start dating other people. It's going to help in either situation. So I just want to start out by talking about the reasons why we control other people or attempt to control other people. And a lot of this comes from anxiety. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. And uh, this is an attempt to control your outer world uh, instead of focusing on your inner world when your inner world is disrupted. Yep. So we try to convince ourselves that if our partner did X, Y, or Z, that we would be fine, that we would feel much better, that our anxiety would go away. Mm -hmm. But this is just not true. It won't happen. The only thing that can change that internal battle is working on that internal battle, not trying to manipulate your external circumstances. I think that's a good point. That's a very good point. Because so often it's really about our own issue, our own insecurity, and not actually what the other person is doing. Right. Especially if you find yourself, you know, doing something to a partner that um, maybe is not really reflective of what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. Like in other words, your partner comes home five minutes late, and you're and you're screaming at them. Where have you been? What are you, what have you been doing? So things like that will cause us, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's normal in a relationship for a partner to do things that might bother you. Mm -hmm. And it's fine to want to talk to your partner and work that through. But the thing about controlling behavior is that it's marked specifically by its irrationality and its persistence and the inability to talk things through and the inability to compromise. That's what really distincts just normal behavior versus that controlling behavior. Yeah. Now, you know, when... You've been doing therapy for many, many years. Long time. I'm sure you have seen a lot of this, including intergenerational with parents and Absolutely. grandparents. Maybe Absolutely. you could talk a little bit about that. Well, what I've seen is that if people grew up with parents who fought all the time, or father was controlling of mother, or mother was controlling of father, and that can happen too, that of course it's very easy to repeat it in one's own relationship. Mm. But my own opinion has always been that behind every controller is probably a fear of abandonment. Okay. I agree. I'm I, afraid yeah. you might leave me, so I better set things up so you can't. Yeah. yeah. 
And I talked about this a long time ago in one yeah. of my earliest videos, The Real Reason Relationships Fail, which I believe is in the workbooks as well, too. Mm -hmm. um, so w what else did you want to share about controlling behavior and why we do this? I kind of wanted to share about why it's important to know this information and why it's important to know the ways in which we control others. Mm -hmm. And primarily, we're sharing this information with you so that you can identify these behaviors within yourself and also within your partners and future partners. Yes, absolutely. Right. So we can go ahead and get into the ways that I have researched. Yeah, and there's yeah. quite a few of these, so you might <laughs> want to sit back and think, ooh, did I do that? Mm. How often did I do that? <laughs> It's more like it, right? Yep. How intense was it when mm -hmm. I did it? Mm -hmm. So the first one I have is disrespecting boundaries. Mm -hmm. And this can include invading privacy, continue to press when a partner says no or has set their own boundary. This is not respecting when a partner says no. Yep. This is not respecting space. Now this can show up even after a breakup if you show up unannounced somewhere. Oh, that's a big one. That is a big one. I showed up at her work. Yep. Yeah. And that's, at her house. Yeah. At, mm -hmm. yeah. And that's controlling the amount of time that you're spending together. That's putting it into your own hands and not respecting them. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot in what you've said already. These are big ones. Invading mm -hmm. privacy, Absolutely. going through your ex's phone. Right. Um, you know, listening in on conversations, going through their emails and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Those are big ones. Mm -hmm. right. Yep. Uh, pressing your partner for something. Um, that could even be something like pushing them to be in a relationship mm -hmm. when they're not ready yet. And they're yeah. saying give us some more time or pushing them to get married mm -hmm. and that only makes the other person uncomfortable mm -hmm. and anxious and all sorts of unhappy yeah um, so those are already some big ones that you've listed right there mm -hmm. so disrespecting boundaries big right okay and this tends to also be break trust in the partner as well once your boundaries are disrespected you have less respect for the person who's breaking your your trust so that's sure. something to keep in mind as well as the response of this controlling behavior from your partner and the thing about that is, is once somebody disrespects your boundaries like that, it sticks with you. Mm -hmm. It's not like you just forget about it and then it's over with. Even if they don't say anything, they haven't forgotten that you went through their phone 19 no. times. No. Or that <laughs> yeah. you've pushed them repeatedly to do something that they're not wanting to do. Mm -hmm. Those don't just go away because it's over with. All right. Okay. So those are big ones. So the next one I have is guilt tripping your partner. Okay. So this one is a clear example of emotional manipulation. Mm -hmm. And this is this can manifest in saying, you don't really love me unless you do X, Y, or Z. Or if you really loved me, then you would do what I say and what I want. Yeah, and if you've had an Italian or Jewish mother, you know all about guilt. <laughs> Ask <laughs> me how I know. Most mothers are capable of it, yeah. yes. Yeah. My mom was Italian, so I, heard, I saw a lot of that guilt. Yeah. And my stepmom was Jewish, so I know there was a lot going oh, on there yeah. too. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> This one really leaves no room for duality, being able to feel two different things at the same time. It, it might be your partner does love you and does care about you, yeah. and does want the best for you, and they also are not willing to do whatever it is that you want. Yes, that's a great point. And you have to respect that, that other people have opinions. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's very hard to, though. <laughs> you know, especially you grew up in a home where that was just everyday life. Mm -hmm. You don't realize that it's really not healthy to do. I've had people say to me, well, I didn't know it wasn't okay. Yeah, big one there. So for the next one, we have becoming aggressive. Mm. 
This can be accusing your partner, yes. yelling at your partner. It certainly doesn't uh, cross out physical violence, creating fear in your partner, mm -hmm. uh, making up consequences, threatening them, um, any kind of verbal abuse, insulting you, belittling you. Uh, and this one is also a sign of domestic violence. Absolutely. I was going to say, don't forget punching the wall. Mm. Lots of times people will punch the wall. They don't punch the partner. But the underlying message is, I could do this to you. Yeah. Mm. And you should have seen my, how many times my stepfather used to punch the wall. Oh, Lord. There were lots of nice holes in the wall. Because he would, he would get like this. Angry, manipulative, screaming, yelling, threatening, picking up the table. Um, you know, a lot of threats. And, you know, when you're in that kind of situation, you don't want to, you don't want to be yourself. You don't, you feel like you're walking on eggshells, That's as right. we've talked about. So you end up, yeah, tippy-toeing around this person so they'll stay in control. Mm -hmm. okay. And, you know, when you're a kid and you're dealing with that, uh, you feel like you don't have a choice. You're kind of stuck. You're stuck. But as an adult, if you do this to your partner, eventually they're going to leave because they're not feeling safe with you. Right. Safety is so critical. Mm-hmm. And this one, it, it usually signifies a much deeper issue within the person. Sometimes in a relationship, a person mm -hmm. may think, oh, if I just hold on, oh, if I just respond the way they want me to, and, oh, yeah. you know, I won't get hurt, and then they'll change eventually. But that's just not the way it works. Unfortunately, it's not. It's, it's certainly not without intervention. Mm. Yeah. yeah, depending upon how severe it was. But, yeah. Uh, but, all, you know... Safety is so important for a romantic connection. And the more you do these behaviors, the less your partner feels safe to open up, to be vulnerable with you, to have a connection with you. It just destroys a connection. That's right. So you got to work on this. What's the other ones you got? All right. The next one I have is stonewalling. And this one can also be a form of emotional manipulation. Mm -hmm. And it's basically just withholding your affection or attention for your partner under the premise it of... If you don't do what I say, then you don't deserve any of my time. Wow, Margaret, I'm sure that was a big one you've oh, seen. Stonewalling is a big one. And no matter what you come to me with, I'm just not going to respond. Okay? Mm. You can ask me what we're doing next week. We can ask, you can ask me about the, the wedding we're going to a week from now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to respond to you about anything. Wow. So it's a total shutdown of any kind of an interchange. And it's devastating for the partner. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're trying to punish you. That's why it's called stonewalling. Because you can't get an answer for anything out of a stonewall. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, that I'm punishing you because you didn't do what I wanted you to do. That's mm -hmm. right. Yes, they're angry. There's anger behind it. But it creates enormous anxiety in the partner. And physical pain, yeah. right? Because when we feel disconnected from our partner, we yeah. literally cause, it causes that physical pain, right. that separation anxiety. It's awful. With this one, I kind of want to ask both of you a question about okay. how this intersects with attachment styles. Mm -hmm. Because I could see how a lot of people watching this might think, stonewalling, well, my avoided partner is doing this all the time. Are they trying to control me? Mm -hmm. Or are they just being avoidant? That's a good question. Um, Margaret, you want to start with that? Both. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, certainly avoidant people will do that. But it's an, it's an attempt to distance from you. And in another way, it's always an effort to control you. You can walk away. That's certainly one honest option if that's what you want to do. But to stay and, and sort of be in stonewall cold silence that's destructive and deliberate. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then the dynamic, it feels like they have all the power. Exactly. Like, you don't feel like you guys are on the level right. playing field of right. we're connecting and we're engaging. Yeah. And we it, can't make any plans yeah. either mm -hmm. for the for the children, the house falling down, or anything else. Yeah. Because I can't get you to interact with me enough to discuss it. I think this is a good point because it really does put a roadblock in the relationship. Totally. Yeah. It yeah. can shut things down altogether. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they now you can't make a decision on major things or even minor things. Mm -hmm. But that would be a good way for them to get their way when they didn't maybe necessarily want to do something. Right. They just stonewall you to the point where it get, that date has come and gone and now you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly right. I didn't want to go to the wedding, so I stonewalled her for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's also important with this one to know that in relationships, you can have conflicts and continue to be loving and affectionate with your partner. Some conflicts don't resolve in a matter of hours or even a day. Some are kind of ongoing mm -hmm. and you have to work with your partner and figure it out. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't be loving and affectionate towards your partner. It certainly doesn't mean out. you can't even talk to each other. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like maybe um, one partner wants to move in together and the other one's like, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. And so the one starts getting angry and, and stonewalling them because they're not getting what they want. And maybe it's like, oh, you know, you won't move in with me. I've had enough with you, you know. Mm -hmm. So that could lead. Yeah, there's a lot sure. of different ways that it can go. Mm -hmm. I've never known people to stonewall each other, but it's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret's going to do it in the middle of this video. Margaret, what do you think about that? <laughs> All right, what else we got? All right, the next one we have is ultimatums. This is a big one. Mm -hmm. It was so big, we made a great cartoon about it in the <laughs> new course. True, very true. <laughs> Look out for that one. Uh, but this one can be perceived as nonviolent threats, and they just don't work, like we say over and over again. It's very much black and white thinking. Mm -hmm. Yes. One way or another, and usually you get the short end of, of the deal, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, and with this one, I also want to point out um, something that Dr. Thomas Harbin said. Mm -hmm. This was in a book that I read about anger. And he talks about how your own need for control will plant seeds of doubt and suspicion if they do what you say. So even if hmm. your partner complies with whatever controlling commands you have, then you're going to question their sincerity. Are they doing this because I told them to? Or are oh, they doing yeah. this because I want, they want to and they genuinely care for me? That's a great point. Well, that's, that's a, a little more sophisticated thinking than before. I mean, yeah. if somebody gets to the point where they say, is this not working? Does she not really want to do this? That's progress. Yeah. <laughs> really, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I was thinking is, when, if, if you did that kind of threatening behavior where you're you know, giving them an ultimatum, and then they do it, you, do you lose respect for them? Because now they have. Mm -hmm. And right. now you're like, oh, this exactly. person's a pushover. Yeah. They're going to do whatever yeah. I tell them to do. So anytime you get an ultimatum, no. Yeah. I don't like I them don't, either. I don't do them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was the last one on my list. Um, so for this one, if you're single and you're watching this, this is a good list to look out for in your future partners. Yeah. If you're in a relationship and you notice this behavior in your partner, this doesn't mean it's an end-all be-all. Some things can be worked out, some controlling behaviors can be worked out. Like for example, with the fear of cheating, if your partner is controlling you by wanting to know everywhere you are every minute of the day, this usually signifies the root of the issue being they just need reassurance mm -hmm. to know that you're not going to abandon them. 
and and you have to be reasonable in how much assurance yes. they get. Mm -hmm. And you can't just go along with every demand that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, if you come home five minutes late, that's unreasonable to be angry at you all the time over that. You know, mm -hmm. as opposed to you came home six hours late and you didn't let me know what you were doing. Right. There's a big difference. Yep. I also want to point out times where this won't work out, which is in cases of physical violence or any kind of abuse, you need to protect yourself first. And this is a situation where the controlling behavior has already gotten out of hand and they need help beyond what you can provide for them. Margaret, any thoughts about this? Yes. Um, there is no excuse for domestic violence. None. Any reason that you're ever given um, is not valid. And sometimes people will say, well, you drove me to it. No, I didn't. You know, you, you may have been upset with me, you needed to tell me that, but you didn't. But I'm not taking responsibility for your behavior. Now, let me ask you this, Margaret. I know there will be people uh, out there watching this thinking my partner was physically or verbally abusive. Is there any way that I could work it out with them? What would you say they would have to do to work out a situation like that? They would have to get help. Because if you're, if you're abusive to other people, if you find yourself behaving that way, and I don't think most people want to be, um, then it's very difficult to stop unless you get some intervention. And what would that help look like? Well, there's all kinds of domestic violence intervention. There are groups for women who often tend to blame themselves. There are groups for men. And we have discovered over the years that groups are the best uh, treatment for domestic violence. Um, and oftentimes you find out that the, the person who's being violent has a history or came from a family where violence was kind of acceptable. But it's never okay. Um, and I would, I would not take anyone back on a promise they'll go for help. Um, particularly in the case of domestic violence, they have to be in the group for like six months. That's a good point, and that's what I was going to jump to yeah. next. Because a lot of the things that we see is, I promise I'll change, yeah. I promise I won't do that again. Then you take them back, they're moved back in, and the drama... And it happens all over again. Yep. Yep. So that's a big one right there. Anything else that you wanted to say before we go? I just want to end with, if you notice these patterns within yourself, and you start to feel guilty for it, just notice that it's the internal world that you need to work on controlling and managing. It's not the external world and it won't work if you try to control the external world if what you have going on in the inside is disrupted. Uh, and also reflect on uh, what it would mean for you for your partner to do whatever it is that you want. Um, and also, even if they did do those things, how would you feel inside? Would you still feel hurt and fearful? I know immediately you might say, well, of course not. I'll feel tons better if they do whatever I say. But I want you to really reflect on this and find the deeper root of why you're being controlling if you find yourself identifying with this list. Yeah, good advice. Anything else to add, Margaret? No, I don't think so at this point. Okay. Um, but like I say, there is no excuse for domestic violence ever. Yeah, lot to think about. You might be looking at your situation and considering how you've behaved in the past, how your partner behaved, how both of you behaved. You can fix it, you can work on it, you can heal it, but you have to grow, you have to accept the issues that you've had, take responsibility for it, take a look at your partner, your exes, and think about if it would be toxic or abusive in any way to get back in that situation, in which case I would not recommend it unless Margaret said 
Got some serious help? Be in, yeah, some serious help, because it's not easy to stop if that's become a coping mechanism. Okay. All right, great stuff. Um, of course, when you want to get our help personally, you can go to my website, askcraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you, do email coaching, and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. If you think I can be helpful to you, please sign up. And Coach Victoria will be helpful in the future with coaching. <laughs> but right now, she's still training with us, and we just wanted you to get to know her, and she's going to be in lots of videos to come. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And we will talk with you soon.